Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again, to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in Masaka, Uganda, East Africa. And what a blessing it is to be able to be here with you again today. I'm so excited about the podcast today because we are somehow getting back on track. Uh, we've been off the track, not a bad track, but uh, we've been off track a little bit the last few weeks. And uh, so we're going to try to get back on track uh, today. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, that is what this podcast is all about, encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord. Uh, I tell you what, man, it's it's been uh, this last month, I think the last time that we looked at the book of James. And what's interesting is that uh, in this book, we only had about one podcast left. Uh, but the last time we discussed James was back in December 16th. And so it's hard to believe that uh, it's been that long. Then we had the Christmas holidays. And so I spoke on Christmas and the New Year's. And and uh, then I had the opportunity of interviewing uh, Brother Pastor Jalugi John. And uh, that was a good interview. And then we interviewed uh, Brother David Brown, the assistant pastor there at the Bible Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. And uh, by the way, that podcast has gotten so many hits and uh, probably I, I need to look again, but the last time I checked, uh, it was one of the top three podcasts that I've ever done. And uh, that was with uh, Brother David Brown. And uh, again, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. That was a great, great podcast uh, because of the information that was given there and what was taught there on the pillars in the church. And uh, then right after that, uh, we had our 100th podcast, and so we talked a little bit more about 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58. Uh, then we had the opportunity of interviewing the uh, the African director for BIMI, Baptist International Missions Incorporated, uh, Brother Eric Bowman, and uh, had a good time there talking about Africa and missions in general. And uh, then in our last podcast, we had the opportunity of meeting Pastor Scott Hanks, uh, the pastor of Heritage Baptist Church in Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, all the things that are going on there, the church planting, the the printing ministry, uh, all that is happening. They even have a, a online radio station there as well, and uh, so a lot of things happening there. So it's been a lot of good podcasts, and I've really enjoyed this. I really enjoy doing interviews, and uh, so whenever I do get the chance to talk to people and uh, pick their brain a little bit, find out what motivates them uh, to always abound in the work of the Lord, I want to to take advantage of that opportunity. And uh, so, Lord willing, we're going to get back into James for the last podcast that we're going to do in the book of James. I do want to thank you uh, again for praying for my wife. And uh, every day is a struggle, and uh, every day is getting a little bit better, a little bit better. I see her limping a little bit less and less, and then sometimes she'll have a bad day, and uh, the pain will be back. And 
And so just pray for her as she's going through uh, physical therapy right now and uh, just trying to get that leg strengthened up and uh, your prayers on her behalf would be a blessing. We just got back, and again, I mentioned Pastor Scott Hanks uh, because I had the opportunity to interview him in our last podcast, but we just got back from the capital city of Kampala uh, where we convene once a year for our BIMI uh, regional field conference. And uh, so we had uh, all of our BIMI missionaries uh, from uh, the country of Uganda. And then we also had a couple of missionaries from Kenya uh, come over as well and uh, just had a great time of fellowship. I think with all the with all the kids and the adults and everybody, I think we probably had 45, 50. Uh, actually, with the kids, I think we had, we were pushing 60 and a lot of a lot of people there, and uh, we just had a great time of fellowship and uh, good preaching. Uh, Brother Bowman uh, preached a couple of times, and uh, as well as Pastor Scott Hanks. Uh, I tell you, he brought out some. I, I I love the Word of God. It is just amazing to me. Even this morning, as I was exercising, uh, I was watching uh, a message uh, by Tim Fuller, and uh, just principles of Scripture that. You read it, and you read it, and you read it, and then you hear somebody preach it, and it just comes at you from a whole different angle and uh, just blesses your heart. And so, but uh, we had a great, great field conference and uh, really, really enjoyed it. The preaching was phenomenal, and uh, the fellowship was great, and uh, it was just good to get everybody around. A lot of these missionaries in Uganda, um, and especially those in Kenya, we never have the opportunity to, or hardly ever get the opportunity to see them. And uh, so having this uh, field conference gives us the opportunity to bring people together and uh, have some good fellowship. And so thank you for your prayers uh, for that. And uh, now we're back in Masaka and getting ready for the new year. I was just talking to our pastor here, our national pastor, Pastor Serenjoji Paul, uh, yesterday, and I was telling him, you know, I feel like uh, here in Uganda, the year does not start until February 1st. And uh, so I think February 1st ought to be the new new year. Uh, because here in Uganda, January is pretty much still holiday. Uh, as I mentioned before, the, uh, the the what we would call the summer break uh, here is December and January. And so coming up in February, all of our educational ministries uh, will begin uh, getting going again. The uh, the Bible College, the Triune Bible Institute, uh, the Barnabas Baptist Bible Training Center, uh, all of that is uh, going to be getting started. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And and uh, it's nice to be able to have a couple months where you're just kind of uh, relaxing a little bit and not having to go, 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 go. But uh, honestly, I'm looking forward to getting back to the go, go, go. I mean, I, I really enjoy that, enjoy the teaching. And uh, looking forward to this year, we're going to be starting uh, Bible College and uh, here in Masaka, Masaka Baptist College. Uh, Brother Thomas Irvin is going to be teaching through the book of Daniel. And uh, so I'm real excited about that. Uh, I don't think we've ever taught through the book of Daniel in our Bible College uh, as far as verse by verse. Uh, obviously, we've alluded to it in teaching and prophecy and things of that nature, but he's going to be teaching that verse by verse. And uh, then I'm going to be uh, teaching a course on biblical counseling, biblical counseling, and uh, just uh, went through that course today, doing some studying preparation for that, and a lot of good material there. And uh, again, that is the first time that I've ever taught that one, and uh, so very much looking forward 
uh, to that as well. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And uh, again, remember the reason why uh, we chose to go verse by verse through the book of James is James is a book about practical Christian living and uh, just principles all throughout uh, the book of James to help us to be able to abound in the work of the Lord. And that's what we want to encourage each other to do. We want to provoke one another into good works, and we want to encourage one another not to uh, stay average, not to be like everybody else, but to be looking for opportunities and uh, looking for different ways that we can serve the Lord as His coming is drawing near. But in order to abound, we must have the character of a, of a Christian. We must have the, uh, the stamina of a Christian. We must have the characteristics of, of what a Christian ought to be in order to be successful in our endeavor to always abound in the work of the Lord. And uh, so we have gone all the way through the book, and uh, we're, Lord willing, be finishing that up today. And uh, so let's get back in there. If you remember back on the 16th of December when we had our podcast there, we went over verse number 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And uh, so basically what we did was in our last podcast, we stopped with that very first question, is any sick among you? And we talked about sickness and we talked about the different reasons why a person gets sick. And I'm not going to reiterate all that, but uh, we did learn that uh, we are sick just because uh, our natural nature is deteriorating. And that's just the way it is. The older you get, the more sick you're going to be, the more your body falls apart. And so that is just the natural course of nature uh, to, to be to become sick. And so that might be a reason why you're sick. Uh, then we saw also that uh, a person can be sick for the glory of God. And uh, God may allow sickness uh, to come in our lives and uh, in order that he might get the glory through that sickness. Uh, you remember John chapter 9 when the Bible says this man was not blind because of his sin or his parents' sins, uh, but that uh, Jesus Christ could be glorified, that the Son of God should be glorified. And so we see that. We also see that sickness can be caused or allowed uh, by God for testing. And uh, we see that in the life of Job. And uh, sometimes God allows things to happen. Sometimes God lifts up that hedge of protection and allows us to go through uh, sickness just to see what is on our heart, just to see what our character is and to see how we're going to go through it. And then lastly, we looked at the reason for sickness is simply because of sin. And we looked at several uh, instances in the Bible where where God has uh, used sickness as a result of, of sin, and uh, God has used that as, a, as chastisement. Uh, we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where the Bible talks about uh, taking the Lord's Supper unworthily, and he says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many have slept. And uh, so uh, so the, the, the obvious indication of that is that uh, there are people that are sick because God is chastening them because of sin. Now, as we get into James chapter 5, 
I think it is important to understand, and we're going to look at it verse by verse, but in our topic of always abounding, I, I think the point that we're trying to see in this passage of Scripture is that if we are going to always abound, then we must not allow anything in our life that would hinder us from always abounding. And the bottom line to that is sin. If if we have unconfessed sin and God chooses to use sickness to chastise us for our sin, then that is going to hinder us from always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, so let's just talk about this for a little bit, and and we'll just go verse by verse and and see how far we get. The Bible says in verse 14, James chapter 5, verse number 14, "...is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church." And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, notice he says, uh, call for the elders of the church. And uh, the word elders there simply means someone of maturity and uh, someone who is aged. And uh, I believe as you go through the New Testament, I believe the indication there is not so much a physical maturity or a, we're, we're not talking about years of age necessarily, but we're talking about those who are spiritually sound, those who are spiritually mature. And so he says, call for those in the church who are spiritually mature, call for those that are the, the leadership, those that are the leaders in the area of spirituality and uh, call for them to come. And the Bible says, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, um, a lot of people have taken this passage of scripture and and, and tried to get it to say what uh, what it is, you know, what they think they want it to say. A lot of times uh, you have people use this as a as a way of talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit, or they'll talk about, uh, uh, you know, the giving them permission to do physical healing and different things of this nature. But, but let's look at this very carefully. He says, let them pray over him. All right. So they're praying for him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And I think a lot of times the emphasis there is on this anointing oil. When you go in the Old Testament, you find that the anointing of oil had to do with separation. It had to do with God setting somebody apart uh, for a particular purpose. Now, I, I've heard all different kinds of things, and, and I've actually participated in, in this uh, this concept here of taking oil. I actually keep some olive oil here in my office uh, if this should ever come up. And uh, so the, the question there is, why do, why do we need to use oil? This seems to be, in the epistles, the only time that we see oil used. Uh, oil, uh, we see in the Gospels, uh, we see oil applied to wounds. Uh, but it doesn't seem to indicate that this oil is being put on there for medicinal purposes. Um, it doesn't seem to be that it is a... Uh, separation. We're not calling somebody to be a king or a priest or a prophet or anything of that nature. I just I just think that this oil here is 
helping those that are participants here to understand that this is a special event. This is this is something this is not something that is done all the time. This is not this is not on Wednesday prayer meeting when we come together and pray for someone who is sick or someone who's in the hospital. This is a specific special occasion where we are trying to figure out why this person is sick. All right. And I believe in in my heart, in my opinion, I believe that's what the oil is all about. It is just simply signifying the uh, the specialness of this occasion. This is not like any other uh, prayer meeting. This is not like any other time that we would pray for somebody. But this is a special time where this individual is trying to determine in his life, why am I sick? Now, when we go back to those four reasons why a person is sick, we understand we're getting old, all right? So that's that's a given. We understand that it can be given for testing. We understand we can it can be given for the glory of God. Now, in those three areas uh, of of sickness, there's nothing you can you and I can do about it. All right, uh, there's nothing you and I can do to change those things. All right, God is the one that has to intervene on on our behalf on those areas. Uh, remember, Paul uh, besought the Lord three times. God, please remove this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan that is buffeting me. And God said, No, but my grace will be sufficient. So God is in control. Of, of our aging. God is in control of our testing. God is in control of our sickness regarding his glory. But this passage of scripture is helping us to understand that in that fourth area of, of being sick, this idea of sin being there because of sin is something that we can take care of. Now, in verse 14, if we just stopped at verse number 14, then we would think that uh, this is something we should just do for everyone who is sick. Uh, is any sick among you? But when you understand that verse 14 goes with verse 15 and verse 15 goes with verse 16, when you look at it in the whole concept, then you understand that this individual, this is not just talking about anybody who is sick. This is talking about someone who is sick that feels that it might have to do with sin. All right. And again, sickness uh, in the other three categories is only something that God can control. But the Bible says here, notice in verse number 15, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. So the issue here is identifying the sin and, 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 asking forgiveness for the sin, and as a result of praying and confessing and seeking for forgiveness, then the Bible says that prayer will save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And so in this particular case, he is talking about someone who is sick because of sin. He's not just talking about anybody who is sick. He's not just talking about anyone who has a sniffle or has the flu or or or, uh, or, or something of this nature. It is something that maybe an individual is going through something and they just can't get over it. They just can't get over it. And so they're trying to determine, is there anything in my life that is causing me? Is there any unconfessed sin that may be causing this sickness? And the Bible says that the prayer of faith, when that prayer is prayed to in order to uh, seek for forgiveness, in order to confess those sins, then the Bible says the Lord will raise 
raise him up. Verse number 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one and pray for another that ye may be healed. Again, the healing here is associated with confession. The healing here is associating with praying for this confession, all right? And so again, I don't want to, you know, continue reiterating this, but I want you to remember that again, we get old and so we're going to get sick. That is not a result of sin. God may be choosing sickness to test us. That's not a result of sin. God may be causing us to be sick because he wants us to, uh, he wants to be glorified. Uh, That is not a cause of sin. And so again, God is in control of these. In this particular case, you and I can turn the tide of that sickness based upon the fact, hey, if I identify that there is sickness and I confess that sin and I make that make it right with God, then God says, this is the promise that God gives us here, you will be healed. All right. Uh, once again, this is not permission for faith healers to just go around healing everybody who's sick. That is not what he's saying. He's saying, confess your faults, pray for one another that ye may be healed. And then he gives a promise, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And again, that's why I go back to verse number 14, considering this oil, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. This is a special occasion. This is a time where the elders of the church come together. These men are righteous. These men are godly. These men are holy. These men are uh, the, the leadership that is within your church. These are the men that are coming together and they're sitting down with the individual who is sick and they're saying, all right, let's go through your life and let's find out, is there any confessed sin? Let's pray that God would show you. Let's pray that God would reveal to you any sin that has not been confessed. And when that confession is made, if that is the reason for the chastisement, then God says, I will heal it. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. You know, when I, when I was growing up, I thank God that I had parents that disciplined me and, and chastened me and spanked me when I was wrong. I, I'm, I'm glad that God does not chasten us in such a way that when we do something wrong, it's just perpetual chastisement, all right? It, it just never ends. Now, consequences may never go away. We understand that. There's nothing you can do about consequences, but the chastisement itself does not continue on down the line. When, when you disobey your parents or when you rebel against your parents, your parents don't just perpetually spank you and discipline you. When confession is made, when things are made right, the discipline stops, the chastisement stops. And so it's no different with God. God says, hey, the purpose, and again, in this in this context here, the purpose and the reason why you are sick is because of sin. So confess the sin, get rid of the sin, and I'll heal you because that's the purpose for it. That is the reason why the sickness is there. Now, let me just be very frank here. Just God doesn't always use sickness for chastisement, and, and, and God can use circumstances. God can use different situations in life uh, to wake us up and get our attention. But in this particular case, He's talking about chastisement through sickness. And so he promises us the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now notice verse number 17, he gives an example. 
Verse 17 and 18, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And so God has given us an example here of a man who prayed fervently. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And so what seems to be impossible, God can do through prayer. Amen. Uh, A lot of times the reason why we do not accomplish or we do not get, remember the Bible said back in, in James chapter four, he says, you have not because you ask not. And so he's just simply letting us know that if you will fervently pray, if you will earnestly pray and, and, and ask God for healing, and if that sickness is there because of sin, and if that sickness is there because uh, of chastisement, I will heal you. Now, again, and again, a lot of this is is very uh, ambiguous as far as you and I cannot see the reason behind every sickness. And you, you, and and I believe I've heard of people who've who've gotten cancer, and uh, cancer I think could fall into any of those first three categories. Um, they could fall into bringing glory to God. They could fall into testing. They could fall into just getting old. They could fall into this. and and God in His wisdom can, because of prayer, God can heal any of those. All right. We understand that. So I'm not saying that God does not heal those other three. We're just simply looking at this particular uh, context here, talking about someone who is sick because of chastisement. And God says, listen, if you will pray fervently, if you'll pray earnestly, if you'll call the elders of the church together and pray over them, and if you'll confess those sins and forsake those sins and get those sins out of your life, he said, I will heal you. That is a promise of God. Uh, you will be healed. So verse number 19, brethren, he he concludes this, this section here. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, Uh, Again, remember, words mean different things in different places. Just because you see the word convert uh, does not mean that he's being converted in salvation. Uh, It's very obvious. In verse number 19, he starts it out with brethren. So he's talking to believers. And uh, to convert simply means to change, to go in a different direction. And so he says, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him. So Again, the context here is all together with what he's been talking about, this confession of sin, this getting right with God, this seeking for forgiveness so that you can get that sickness taken away. He said, hey, if any of you do err from the truth, and and, and by the way, we will do that. Um, we are... As, as good as children as I believe that I have, there were several times in my children's lives where they needed to be chastened. They need to be disciplined. And, and that, that's just a part of, of living a, a, a saved life in a sinful world with sinful flesh. There's just going to be times in life that we fail. There's going to be times in life that we err from the truth. And so in verse number 20, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the air of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. All right. Now, what, what are we talking about here? Let's go back real quickly, if you would, to 1 Corinthians and chapter number 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And again, continuing on this same subject of chastisement. 
Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we find this man in the church at Corinth involved in fornication. And uh, he says in verse 2, you're puffed up. You've not put away this person. And uh, verse number 3, for I verily as absent in body but present in spirit have judged already as though I were present concerning him that had done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch verse number 5. To deliver such and one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. All right, now, this person is a believer. He is saved. He's a member of the church, but he's living in fornication, and they are not doing anything about it. They're not approaching it. They're not getting it taken care of. And so Paul said, listen, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you take this person, you deliver him unto Satan for what? The destruction of the flesh the destruction of the flesh. He doesn't lose his salvation. He doesn't go to hell. The Bible says that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. But God says the ultimate end result of unconfessed sin and living in sin without getting it right with God, you will destroy your flesh. Now, go back to verse number 20 in the book of James chapter 5. Let him know, all right, this is the person who is converting him, who who has identified someone who's erring from the church and he is converting him. He is seeking to change him. Let him know that he which converteth this sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Now think about that. The more, you know, we, we say this all the time. We taught our children this. One sin uh, makes you do another sin, which makes you do another sin. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse until that is confessed and made right. And so God said, listen, if, if is there someone sick among you? Is there a possibility? Is there a chance that this individual is sick because of sin? So let's get the elders of the church together. Let's have a special occasion and let's sit down with this individual in a spiritual way, in a solemn way, in an earnest, fervent way and pray and ask God, God, is there any sin in the life? Now, there's only two outcomes. Number one, you can find that there is sin and you confess it. And the Bible says you're healed. And the Bible says because of that, you have just saved a soul from death and you've hidden a multitude of sins. You have, you have taken away the opportunity of that individual to continue to multiply sin in his life. Now, if you come together and you pray and you get together and you you look and, and you say, God, is there any sin in my life? And and you feel like you have a clean account with God and you feel like your, your life is right with God and there's no unconfessed sin there, then we can determine that your sin is likely into one of the first three categories, all right, uh, where God is in control of it and we can pray for healing, but it's not guaranteed. This healing is guaranteed. God says, if you are sick because of sin and you confess it and you forsake it and you get right with God, you will be healed. And because of that healing, you will save that person from death. All right. Save that person from dying because of this chastisement. Remember again, and I'll just reiterate this uh, in, in first same book, first Corinthians in chapter number 11. 
1 Corinthians and chapter number 11, when he talks about the Lord's Supper. Notice he says there, for he that eateth, verse number 29, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, he eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, because they partook of the Lord's Supper unworthily, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. So as a result of this sin, as a result of not getting this right, as a result of partaking of the Lord's Supper unworthily, the chastening hand of God came, and it can cause weakness, it can cause sickness, it can even cause death. And so he says in verse 20, back in James, let him know, Brethren, listen, listen, this is something very serious here. This is not something to joke about. This is not something to take lightly. If someone in the church comes to you who is sick and they want to call the elders together, they want to call these spiritual leaders together in the church and bring them together so that they can sit down with that individual and pray earnestly and fervently that God would reveal any wicked way in this person, any unconfessed sin in this person's life, then God God says, I will heal them. You have just saved a soul from death and you've hidden a multitude of sins. And that is where James ends this book. And I think it's an appropriate ending because in all of this, all that we've talked about through the book of James, the tongue and and uh, uh, living, uh, making sure our works prove our faith, and 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 making sure we don't have partiality, and and making sure we understand where trials come from, and making sure that uh, pride is not in our life causing contentions and fightings and wars, and allowing money uh, to to get control of our lives and dictate to us what we're going to be doing. All of those things are in there as a result of our sinful nature, our sinful nature. And so there may come a time in our life that our sinful nature gets us into trouble and God has to use sickness to get our attention so that we can get back on track doing what we need to be doing. Now, here's where I want to end this. If you are sick because of sin, then you're not going to be able to abound in the work of the Lord for obvious reasons. You're not going to be able to move on. Your body's going to be weak. Your body's going to be sickly. And in, in, in the long run, if you don't get it right with God, then you're going to end up dying. How can you always abound in the work of the Lord when you're in the casket? And so we've got to make sure that in our life on a daily basis, on a daily basis, we get on our knees before God and we ask God on a daily basis, Lord, please allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to me and show me unconfessed sin so that I get those things right on a daily basis so that I don't have to face the chastening hand of God, so that I don't have to go through this uh, thing of being sick because God is chasing me or even potentially die because God is chasing me, because my desire is to always abound in the work of the Lord. And if I'm going to abound, then I need to have a body that is fit for that. I need to have a mind that is fit for 
for that. I need to have ability that is fit for that. And uh, and in order to do that, I need to make sure that my life is right with God. Well, praise the Lord for that. That is that is just a a great book, and I appreciate your patience uh, through uh, the the delay in finishing it. Uh, but I hope the last few podcasts were a help and a blessing to you as we had the opportunity of interviewing some great godly men in the ministry. Well, Lord willing, we're going to probably not in the next podcast, but uh, coming up here pretty soon, uh, we're going to be going through the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, and uh, again, my my goal there, my my objective there is to look at a church. The Thessalonican church was just an amazing church, and uh, see principles in their church that help them to always abound in the work of the Lord. So I'm looking forward to going through uh, the book of Thessalonians. Well, it's been a great day. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and uh, the fact that you chose to listen to mine today, that is a blessing, that is an honor, and I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day uh, to listen to this podcast, and I hope it was a help and a blessing to you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't ever forget that verse. That verse has been my life verse all of my life, and my desire in life is to always abound and knowing that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, whatever platform you use out there. Uh, we are on most of them, and uh, so be sure to subscribe to that, and every Friday uh, we'll bring you a new podcast encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today and uh, have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you on next Friday. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.